The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. All right, we're going to queue up Bette Midler for the next uh, intro because, well, Mumbo Italiano. Just got back from my vacation and, well, I'm not happy to be home, I have to be honest with you. I'm also going to say Torontonians, uh, coming out of uh, Florence, Lisbon, and London, um, the people in Lisbon were the warmest, nicest people I came across. And I will say the people of London surprised to the upside. I was expecting a little more snobbery and, and, and pushing and shoving. And such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful society uh, occurs and exists in London. But when I got home to Pearson, grumpiness everywhere. A, a man four times my size just barreled through me, almost knocked me over. Uh, people shoving, people unhappy. Is it? Yeah. And they say Canada's a happy country, but when you travel, you realize, you know, there are other happy societies out there as well. And uh, third, third uh, tries a charm here. I'm getting the show started a little upset, but it's okay. Uh, you know, it's like being on a golf course back at that first hole after not playing for a few weeks. Eh? Uh, I shall say you learn so much when you travel, friends. And that's part of having money and building wealth. Uh, you know, if you build wealth, you get to, well, enjoy it. It's very, very important. You can't keep it all, can't hoard it all. Share it, enjoy it, and just make sure you have enough to take care of yourself at all points in time. Uh, what did I learn when I traveled? I learned about food. I learned about wine. I learned about culture. I learned about people. I learned languages, uh, technology, fashion architecture, history, in two weeks. It's unbelievable. Now, Vitaly uh, Mazanov uh, from TD Asset Management, who's one of the vice presidents and directors uh, with the firm, joining us uh, for much of the show today. I cannot tell you how delighted I am that uh, you are here with us. Uh, before you go into who you are and how we met, uh, you too traveled in Europe a few weeks ago. Uh, what did you think of Lisbon? You know, it was, it was a lot of what you said. Uh, remarkable people. Uh, the warmth, the hospitality, and uh, I didn't expect it because living here, and I hadn't been to Europe in a couple of years, you hear that the economic picture is dire, very dire, of course. But False. You, well, apparently, at, at least as far as the people are concerned, the way that they behave, it does not have that that anger, that, 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 <laughs> that bitterness that you would expect to come along with those kind of economic conditions. So it does make you question uh, the meaning of life and the meaning of what life, it is we need to be happy. Schwab de Vive, they, it's just a different approach to life. Uh, we're, we're chasing stuff around a lot in this, in, in this part of the world. They chase less stuff because, well, I think physically it's, it's not as available. You, the, the trucks and cars are smaller. Homes are smaller. Vacations are longer. Climate's often better. Food is way better. Coffee is way better. Um, Transportation's a lot cheaper. It's more efficient. It's more efficient. It's a lot cheaper. You can get around. Uh, you said Florence, Lisbon, London. You can do that whole triangle probably under 200 bucks if you don't carry any carry-on. But uh, there, are, there, there are pros and cons, but I think uh, you're right. We do, get to, we do get quite sucked in. You mentioned building wealth, and building wealth it gives you freedom, and it's uh, what we all strive for to one degree or another, but what we have to be careful is uh, not getting caught up in the rat race and uh, trying to spend every dollar on that of that wealth on material things we don't need. And uh, there are uh, a lot of uh, directions that we get pulled in as far as doing that. So again, architecture. Uh, I'm standing in front, uh, inside um, 
uh, not Buckingham Palace. Um, sorry, where was the king coronated? Uh, Westminster Abbey. I'm inside Westminster Abbey. Uh, built roughly 800 to 1,000 years ago. I think it was about 1,000 years ago. I think it was 1,200s it was built. 800 years ago. Um, square than square can be. No laser level required. Um, standing tall, standing strong. Uh, a 75-year-old home, home in Toronto. Every 75-year-old home in Toronto has warp in it. The floors have warped. The walls. Gu- guaranteed. There's not a home in Toronto that doesn't have sag in it. They weren't uh, built for royalty, though. They they weren't built for to last uh, in Europe. They build stuff to last. Look in Florence. The, so that's my point. Yeah. They're, 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 they're built in the fifteen hundreds. Um, it, it's it's incredible. And and the carving, the inlay, the the ability to do that with with virtually no tech. In in um, Lisbon, there is an aqueduct. Uh, I learned what an aqueduct is. To, I went to Rome last year and saw an aqueduct for the first time. Then they have one in Lisbon. Uh, Lisbon, I, I asked, uh, I said, uh, was Lisbon heavily affected by the Second World War? And the answer was no. Lisbon was leveled uh, by a tsunami and an earthquake, earthquake tsunami in the 1800s. So much of Lisbon, 80% of it, was wiped out and rebuilt in the 1800s. Uh, but they have an aqueduct designed by uh, an Italian engineer built in the 1500s withstood three earthquakes hmm. built to last oh, but it's incredible you know, we're talking ai and we're gonna obviously you're a tech analyst uh but tell, let, 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 let's let's move on um great story how you met me uh you you are 34 years old uh, 35 is uh, oh, a week or two ago birthday. so uh, thank you very much yeah. happy birthday yeah. how did i want you to share with the story how you met me because uh, obviously uh, you and i are quickly becoming very very dear friends but you met me a little while ago share share the story yeah m- more than a little while ago and uh it, w- i don't know the exact year now it must sure. have been oh three or oh four but i you know i was in uh, just well, 20 years ago 20 years ago um probably a year or two more than that but i i uh would spend the mornings you know uh eating cereal before going to school and uh We'd have uh, TV on, right? CP24 or whatever it was called at the time. Yeah, CP24. That's right. And, uh, you know, you'd, uh, you'd always have that on in the house. It was just, you know, it's just how it was growing up in Toronto. And uh, I remember uh, I saw saw a gentleman there talking stocks, talking finance. And uh, I didn't know the first thing of what stocks or finance was. And You were 15 years old, I guess, at the time. Yeah, plus minus. I was just a kid. I didn't know anything about it. Um, uh, you know, I was there, uh, me and my mom in the kitchen just watching that and, you know, she's like, that's a, that's a successful man right there. He he's uh, he he knows what he's talking about. Uh, well spoken, and I thought that's that's pretty cool. I uh, we'll see where life takes me. I never thought about it, but I I I had seen you hundreds of times probably, and um, twenty years later, it it it, it feels very. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what the adjective is, but I'm here talking to you in in, the, in this uh, studio. Well, I'll tell you, Vitaly, that's one of the most flattering things anyone has ever said to me. Uh, and to spend some time with you, you're 34, you're now a vice president, you're a director at TD Asset Management. As a 15-year-old kid, you watch some business guy flap his guns, and you're obviously interested in the topic, and therefore were gravitated towards the topic and, and, and built your studies around that. Um, you Look, you're a certified financial analyst. You're also a, a chartered accountant. Um, no mean feat in, in, in accomplishing those tasks. <laughs> I like and numbers. You, I do like and obviously numbers. you're very, very good at it. But uh, you're now a director and a vice president at TD, and uh, you're a very, very successful 30-something. But it, b- beyond that, put it aside, you said the same thing about me. Uh, you know, you, see, you saw me on TV. Sorry, this guy is good on TV, but 
does he have any substance to him? And you say, I love that statement. Likewise, you got all these letters behind you, but do you have any substance to you in friends and home? And you tell, you tell he's got more substance than I've come across. You are very smart. Uh, your, your knowledge of the markets truly, truly impresses me. Uh, I cannot state that point enough. I've, I've covered every sector with you at lunch, and boy, your knowledge of each sector, impressive. But then to be able to drill down into specifics of, I'm going to say the S&P 500, that's 500 companies plus plus, uh, that you, yeah, you have a very good understanding of so i said to you before i'll say it again your mother should be very very proud she was uh, very excited when i uh, told you I, I had met her in person i actually had not i have not told her that i'm doing the show and i don't know what i was thinking i'm just sitting here saying why well, i haven't told my mom i'm on the show so uh, if we could please get a picture once this is done i'll send it to her all right uh, that'd be great well again i'm delighted to have you on the show uh Let's talk about the markets, my good friend. Uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued uh, and interested in what you have to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably I'm going to be able to make some money off of what you share with me in the next half an hour. Uh, that's part of what we do. But markets had a good rally. Uh, sell a may go away tends not to be as effective in a third year of a presidential term. Uh, Bank of Canada just surprised the market raised interest rates. Inflation is coming down, but there's still pockets of stickiness. Labor remains very tight. Wage inflation continues. Um, and now the new uh, narrative is the central banks uh, have to issue more debt at higher interest rates, which means they're going to be sucking liquidity out of the system as they issue somewhat near trillion dollars of debt, throwing on top of that some quantitative tightening. Sorry for the acronym and buzz where I promise not to do that. Uh, but where do we stand, in your opinion, for the next balance of the year, six months? I think we stand at a, at a point in time when anyone following the market can sound really <laughs> intelligent uh, as a bear and can sound really intelligent as a bull. <laughs> and uh, I find that a dangerous time because it depends uh, whose claws, if you will, you fall into, right? But you just cited a bunch of statistics and you're absolutely right. And uh, had you wanted to sound like a bear, you would have cherry-picked a bunch of different things. And had you wanted to sound like a bull, you would have picked something else. You know, low unemployment rate, you could have said. Uh, we get along very well because you you don't get steered in either direction and have an unbiased analysis. And the point I'm trying to make is we don't know the next three, six months very well here. We don't know at all. Um, we could paint a case to go in either direction. Uh, my bias, if I can share my bias yeah, with you. Yeah, of course. My bias is to say that we're sitting at the end of a, well, what are we sitting today? 23% rally in the S&P 500. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, Which is officially a new bull market. It's officially a new bull. I was just thinking it's that yesterday. It's a new bull yeah, market. I've been, I've been waiting for this number, and I said, I want to see when the, when the media jumps to it. Sorry. It, it, it deserves more attention. It is a bull market. Because when we entered a bear market, everybody kept saying, we're in a bear market. Right. And we're very quiet now that it is, uh, it's, nobody wants to say it's a bull market now. Uh, which is a good thing. That's actually a bullish statement. It's a, and, that, and there you go. Maybe I am so biased. So maybe I'm being a bull. But look, you, you have, uh, you've had this um, record cash. And I'll give you the bullish kind of pitch in, in, a, in a way. But you've had a lot of cash on the sidelines. You've seen for most of the year money exiting equities, yeah. right? You've seen the, the bounces built out. And most importantly, look, we all read the strategists. We see the negativity, right? Right. Uh, the average expert that you talk to who is influencing the average investor is talking about how earnings are going to get cut. Right. A deep recession is coming fueled by a high rate of unemployment. Deep. I haven't heard the word deep. You're the oh, first guy to use that word deep. They, uh, they use Recession. No one's no deep recession. I have not heard that. No, no, we're people talk, talk about, about it. The, look, uh, Vitaly, we're going to take a quick break, my friend. We're just getting started. Uh, Vitaly uh, Mazanov, uh, he's with uh, TD Asset Management, Vice President and Director. Um, am I 
first fan. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio right here on 640 in Toronto. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. From Italy, I was in Florence this time. Same thing is spectacular. Every day is a special, special day in Europe. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Must, must to, must go places. Uh, actually, I'm going to now say London is the best city on earth. I couldn't believe London. London, to me, is a blend between Berlin from an architecture, modern point of view, and historic point of view, and a Paris with the Schwab de Vivre. It's a very active city. Uh, so much to do. Uh, spectacular lesson in history. Um, yeah. Lucky me. My friends, hang with us. Hang with us. We will help you be able to have these journeys in life. It's about building wealth. Once you have wealth, you get to have some fun. You have fun along the way, too. Uh, yes, you can have your cake and eat it if you hang with us on Hi-Fi Radio. Right, Jack? Absolutely, Wolf. And uh, I just say we're talking about bull bear markets. No one knows right now. It's a very challenging time, even for experts. Uh, but you talk about some of the Euro- European architecture. Um, that stands a lot the test of time. So... Um, just looking at you know what the the options are out there, Vitaly. How do you how do you position yourself when you don't know what the future is? When you don't know what the future is, you make high quality bets. And one of the biggest mistakes, in fact, people make is to make a lot of low quality bets in times of uncertainty. Right? They find a narrative, they find an argument that they find appealing. They they let their biases influence their decision making, and they make decisions praying, uh, hoping, and praying. At any given time. The way I think about it is just in the S&P 500, well, there are 500 companies, a little bit more sometimes. Out of those 500 companies, there's always going to be companies that are in a bull market and companies that are in a bear market. Companies driven by secular themes that are completely independent of the market. Companies engaging in their own cycle. Could be the housing cycle. Could be something completely unrelated. Their international exposure. And so at any given time, what we do is engage the expertise that we have at CD and actually find the spots where to invest. And the overall market, yes, of course, that's a huge factor. There's a lot of data yeah. out there. But there's spots, there's always spots. You look at the strength of this market. Everyone came into 2023. No one wanted to own the FANG stocks, so the Facebooks, Amazon, Apple, Google, Netflix. They were all down 20 to 35% last year at least, maybe even more. Uh, Meta, I think, was down 60 or something like right, that. Right. Right? It was a yep. big number. Uh, that They're outperforming right now. Uh, the Dow... I'm going to say is relatively flat. So what, what do you make of this tech rally, uh, especially in the mega caps on the back of uh, artificial intelligence? Yeah, well, it's kind of two questions. AI, we have a separate show, <laughs> Jack, but I, it, it, it's a bit, I hate what happened in a sense. And, uh, Meta is down 60%. You're absolutely right. A lot of these big tech companies fell 30, 40, 50, 60%. Elite businesses with a high return on invested capital and a massive, you know, as we like to say, all kind of plagiarizing Warren Buffett, a big moat around their business. They fell 30, 40%. And the first instinct and intuition for investors should have been we should buy these things. And what was everybody saying at the time? Sell it. So many people, unfortunately, gave these shares away 
at record low valuations when absolutely nothing had changed about the competitive picture of their of their businesses. So I want to say that first. Except, no, but, but they fell for a reason, and the reason was interest rates. The reason was interest rates. The reason was interest rates. So therefore, the whole game is repriced. Which is very, very important. We're at a juncture in history right now, Vital. You know this better than I do. Um, where the 40-year downtrend in, in interest rates is over, and it has turned the corner to the upside. The question is how far, how long. Wolfgang, I, but if I may add, they fell for interest rates. But another reason these stocks fell is because they had overhired and overspent during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so during the last year, there was a disbelief that these companies could really get their act together. Their revenues fell, their costs went up, they had negative, you know, you spend more than you bring in, it's bad. But they had started telling you that we're going to rein in the spending, we're going to tighten our belts, we're going to make money, and and nobody paid attention. And as soon as they did, that was a new narrative. As soon as they announced 10,000 layoffs, stock was up. Every company did, it's incredible. But I I look at charts every day. Uh, Every day I comb about 420 charts, every single day, short-term, long-term trends. Uh, And then I look at momentum against those trends and any fundamental changes against those 400 positions. So it's it's great doing that for me. It's really good mental exercise. Again, hey, Mambo Italiano, I just got back. Uh, I, I missed it for two weeks. I I was out of the gym, not lifting weights, so I'm a little stiff getting back on the uh, uh, in the weights this week, I shall say. Um, but the trend continues to be finan- finance companies, banks primarily trending lower. Yep. Canadian banks are so darn cheap, no one wants them. Dividends, 6% plus on a couple of our big six banks, trading at around nine times earnings. Does that really uh, make sense? And I don't know if it does. Well, I was going to uh, say, flip that around, Wolf. So you talk about all the technology stocks last year being at record low valuations. Bank stocks now, are they good quality companies, Vitaly? Are they companies that are going to be around? Do they pay dividends? Do They they don't have a good return on capital just because they use so much leverage. Yeah, but good. Yeah. With leverage, a very good return. But uh, well, I think, well, who was it? Nassim Taleb, that, I forget the name of the law, but it's how long you've been around is probably proportionate to how long you'll be around after, right? So talking about 10, 10-year-old VC company, you know, what is the future for them? Well, debatable. Um, Canadian banks, how long have they been around? I don't know, 150, 200 years? Um, I ask myself questions about basic industry structure. How you many know, of them are there and so on and so forth? It's that. funny that you say all this, Vitaly, because again, in my travels in Lisbon, I was taking a picture of a few of the uh, uh, Portuguese banks, mm. uh, right? And they're carved in stone, right, yeah. above their door. Uh, but of course, they were a member of the PIGS acronym. Portugal was, right? Portugal, in fact, was the first one. Portugal... Italy, Italy, Greece, Greece. Spain, Ireland got in there. Uh, two eyes. It was, yeah, Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Italy, Portugal, Ireland, Italy, Spain, and Greece. Uh, that was the pigs. Uh, and, of course, that problem got solved. Uh, but th- some of their banks, I think, did go bankrupt. Uh, kicked in, kicked down the road. That's what they keep doing. Everyone no, just yeah, keeps course, kicking yeah. the can Yeah, very road. different banking industry in those countries. But, <laughs> but the market we sit in today is an interesting market. Uh, they don't want oil. Or at least oil is flatlining, trending slightly lower. They don't want the banks. They're trading down. Uh, what is working, we know, is the stuff that wasn't working at the start of this year and it turned the corner. So it's big, mega tech stocks. Microsoft working. Apple working. Google working. Uh, Meta, a.k.a. Facebook working. Amazon working. And by the way, I've built positions, I think, in all of those companies. We've increased our positions in all those countries. So, companies. So, friends, that could be a contrarian indicator. That, that could be your warning call to sell those positions. I'm well, you, kidding. I'm kidding. you buy them of, yesterday? <laughs> well, I, I built, actually, I bought, Amazon, yeah. I bought more Amazon yesterday, yes, and then down three bucks today. Way to go, whoa. Well, it has underperformed but year it, to date. Like, like Amazon, I paid a buck and a quarter. That was $175 stock. So, to your point, you're saying, Jack asked a great question at the open. Yeah. Uh, 
how do you position in an uncertain environment? Not that I've ever really truly understood a certain environment because it's always uncertain it's all, in the future. But, but, more, but more, maybe more now than ever. At a juncture, the markets had a big rally off the bottom. Uh, interest rates are still stubbornly high and maybe persisting a little higher. Valuations have have, have and diminished. The stocks are more expensive. Twenty so, times earnings. But you said do quality things. So let's go back to what is a quality thing to do in this environment. Well, I have to pick up on your Amazon anecdote yeah. because that is a perfect example of getting into the weeds in a business and understanding if there are idiosyncratic factors that are driving it. Now, first of all, what is quality? Well, Amazon, we can describe what quality is pretty easily when you have no, no trucks coming down my street this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, when, when, you, <laughs> when, you, when, when you have a retail business that delivers to every, what was it, 160 million Americans with the Prime membership. Okay, excuse to... me. Okay, so I'm in Lisbon, and once again, I'm seeing all kinds of Amazon trucks. I kid you not. I didn't I'm, even know I'm, they're in Portugal. In Florence. I saw them throughout Europe. Throughout Europe. Yeah. Well, well, look, at the end of the day, idios, idiosyncratics in, in a high-quality business, Amazon, okay? So what do they do? We all know this AWS, this cloud computing, right? Economy's been decelerating. Cloud, their cloud growth is absolutely terrible. People know that. There's a lot of uncertainty. Retail, people are worried about their profitability. The two biggest drivers of the business are are down in the dumps. Some would say they can only get better. The stock, as Jack said, has underperformed, right? I'm not telling you what to do with Amazon, but a high-quality business with a lot of negativity and controversy around it, and I think you know it's a matter of time it's a matter of time until these things reverse, right? If you pick the right business, whether it's a TD or a Microsoft or an Amazon, if they're going to be around the next 20, 30 years, uh, it's a matter of time until things change. So I want to just well, tell put that out Jack, there. Jack's all over. You, you, you're very good at this, Jack. And that is um, rate of change. Uh, the, you know, it's the old triangle. Remember that math? You know, slope and rise and run, my good friends. That math, math actually is applicable in the real world. Took Jack me is about, absolutely right. Yes, I mean, yeah. no, the took me cloud deceleration, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the finance stocks. But not it's not work. that it's getting better or worse, right? Yep. So it got a lot worse as the economy slowed down. People are using less cloud as the economy starts to turn up. And I'm going to say the chart is leading it right now because the chart is recovering price action, and Amazon looks better than it did at the beginning of the year, although it's lagged. It's got a long way to go. Yeah, and investors right, yeah. are starting to say there, you know, there is, you know, we're getting past the 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 point of um, the most challenging part for the business, and as the business cycle turns up. Uh, you would expect, obviously, whether it's cloud, retail, all that stuff for Amazon. So, to be so, doing much better. So here's another standout. So, again, what what is working? Tech is working. Software is working. Hardware is working. Semis. Uh, uh, semis. Semis. Didn't semis, say semis, semis. Yeah. Well, again, that's tech, but hardware, software, sure, right? Sure, sure. But no question about it. But uh, there's 11 sectors to choose from. Yeah. Tech is working. What about the other 10? Uh, well, you saw the high, high end consumer. That's all a, a sliver mm-hmm. of discretionary is working. Ferrari flirting with all time highs. Mercedes Benz, that ADR, by the way, Vitaly. I don't know if you know the Mercedes Benz ADR, and I just saw the new some of the cars in Europe, and my mind was spinning. Uh, it, it, it pays a seven and a half percent dividend once a year. The stock is $19, and we just received our $1.80 dividend on that stock once a year. Stock did not go down X dividend. I didn't know that. Uh, it's an interesting little it's, take. It's often the case with ADR. Offer, friends at home, don't buy the stock. Don't. I'm not giving you any advice. I'm just giving you a factoid. So some of these ADRs pay dividends. And they pay it only once a year. You can buy Mercedes with a dividend. 
<laughs> if I had enough stock, mind you, that that, that race, uh, i.e., a Ferrari, uh, what a company, uh, it, it's done very, very well and super rich. I don't care what you want for the Ferrari; it's a two-year wait. Uh, they, they have a Ferrari with with an electric engine in it, and true it's, far, it's Ferrari, of Ferrari owners hate it. They don't want; they want the pure. They, they're purists, incredible. Well, they have a new SUV that's the big thing in the market now, the Pura Sangue. So they had resisted it for so long, and in fact, I like hear if you tell them if you call it an SUV. Uh, they will not be very happy about that because really? Ferrari doesn't make SUVs. <laughs> so so let's, let's stick with the high-end consumer brands, the Louis Vuittons of the world, um, Mercedes-Benz, I guess it's a, a bit of automotive, a bit of uh, a luxury premium, as well. Premium, we'll call it. Premium, yeah. yeah. Premium, yeah. Is, is it over or is it still legs and premium? No, it doesn't seem to be over. And the data you see from that cohort of the consumer, wherever you go in the world, uh, those individuals are spending. Uh, and it's not just China. It's not Japan. It's Europe or U.S. It's absolutely everywhere. Okay, gentlemen, you're both married. Um, I don't know if you ever had the privilege of going bag shopping with your spouse. Many times. Bag shopping, eh? I've, well, I've avoided that there, one. There is Bag Alley in Europe, a Designer Alley in Florence, Designer Alley in London. Designer Alley was it blow- packed? But it's interesting because I'm seeing these big brands. I'm seeing Zenia. I'm seeing Boss. I'm seeing Chanel. I'm seeing uh, Louis Vuitton, and it's interesting. I, 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 you know, some stores have lineups. They all have a, a very handsome security guard who is outfitted in staff uniform, which is basically a high-end suit, um, trying to direct traffic. You know, appointment only. Perhaps depends on the day of the week, but bags five thousand dollars for bags, my friend. Then you go to Italy, knockoffs, not even knockoffs, just original bags for thirty euro. I kid you not, thirty euro. Uh, now I got to throw another factoid out: Italian leather, my friends, boys and girls at home, is made in Italy for the most part. They don't outsource to China. Yeah, and Florence is the capital of that. I think it's. Uh... Unbelievable. It's yeah. all made. And a lot of it's made in Napoli as the beginning of the song. Uh, when I went to Sorrento, it was in Napoli. A lot of little factories, but quality, quality, quality. Uh, please, back to you, my good friend. You were no, my, to- I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was, it was exactly that. The, th- the 3000 handbag versus the $30 handbag. People are buying the $3,000 one. Quality may only be 100% better. The price is 1,000% better. Why? Human beings are psychological, emo- emotional creatures. And that's where luxury comes in. And with the kind of people with that kind of money... Uh, as those companies are now exercising pricing power. They have it. They have it. Louis Vuitton raised prices. Uh, restric- a lot. Restricting supply. What a concept, eh? Supply and demand restrict supply. Oil. The oil folks are trying to do it with OPEC. I Restricting guess, supply. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work sense. as well. Uh, my friend, we're going to keep hanging. Uh, we're with Vitaly Masanov. He's with uh, TDS Asset Management. He's a vice president. He's a director. He's a certified financial analyst. He's also an, a chartered accountant. He's only 34 years old. Power in front of him. Right here, right now, Hi-Fi Radio 640 Toronto. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Friends, that is what technology is all about. So, about money, I am Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, just back from a fantastic research assignment, education assignment, cultural assignment, engineering assignment, transport assignment. Do you know, by the way, I stopped there and I did my homework. Uh, air, air travel is now 
approximately as fuel efficient or carbon heavy as automotive on a per mile basis. Remarkable. It is remarkable. Uh, do the math if you just dig into it. Uh, I will share with you. Just you know, I, I took three airplanes uh, flying in uh, to Europe and then across Europe, um, and uh, I was asked, I will speak to pilots just to get some factoids. A typical airplane with about four or five hundred passengers on it weigh about eight hundred thousand pounds. Eight hundred thousand. Can you imagine moving eight with two engines? Eight hundred thousand pounds. Uh, I believe it's about twelve ton of fuel on an airplane. Just fuel alone, 12 ton, with about 45 minutes of spare capacity. And when they approach an airport and they have to sit there and wait uh, in a holding pattern, there can have to be 10 planes on top of each other, 1,000 feet apart, doing the same thing, a circle. 10 planes on top. It's pretty wild. It's a lot of technology. It's there. a lot of technology going on. And, you know, when, when they're out of the safety zone, they can't hang anymore because to, they're, they're burning. They have to go to the next airport, how far away it is. A lot going on. But, the, the, again, technology at its maximum there's a gentleman in my neighborhood he's 90 years old he flew for air canada for 38 years uh i call him mr gibson his last name is gibson so i continue to refer to him as mr gibson uh he's 90 and he, he he's still flying as he as he does his daily walk um and he said today every airplane is unless it's a category three weather conditions every airplane airplane is landed 100 instrument through instruments they push a button and it sets the flaps it sets the plane auto land trajectory. Yeah. 100 percent, that when the wheels come down when the nose land all auto they, 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 they have the wheel at the stick or on the joystick just waiting in case something happens aside from that the plane does it because i noticed every time i land it lands exactly the same way you can just hear it and the nose comes down done can't mess it up well, again the efficiency and the safety uh has come a long long way way so it is a lot safer to fly just chaotic uh, and the food continues to disappoint but that's another <laughs> discussion <laughs> oh boy uh let's talk about technology let's talk about the semiconductors companies that make little microprocessing thingies called chips so important and all the rage this year uh, nvidia uh was just ripping and roaring while i was I should, by the way should i sell the stock or hang on to it it's a uh, bright levels. future there with AI. Okay. All right. All right. And I don't want to go down it, the stock it, channel too far. Well, stocks, you know, through screaming by. Wait, sorry, they're screaming high. A hedge fund just told us actually that they to probably chip it. So a trader would probably sell it. But you think as an investor, you can stay well, in the there, space. There is a difference between a great company and a great, great investment stock. too. So you do have to look at valuation. But uh, the, the quarter that NVIDIA just came out with. And the uh, guidance they gave. The guidance that they gave. Um, you don't really change that momentum in a short period of time. Obviously, we're not going to make a stock recommendation on air, but it's a fantastic business in a secular growth industry right now. You just don't, uh, you don't see periods of time with this kind of, as you know, we'll call it discontinuous innovation as, as we're seeing with AI right now. What do you now. call, sorry, what's the first word? Discontinuous innovation, right? You're just, you're seeing a jump in what's possible, right? We're not going discontinuous down. Discontinuous sounds like discontinued, which means stopping no, innovation. Discontinuous, which is a, we're in it. We just had a big step forward. We're not. Smart we're not, boy. This is not. This is not semiconductors anymore. Where you, where you, we spent decades talking about you know transistors, right? Are we going at fourteen nanometer transistor size? 11? Moore's law. That was Moore's law. Moore's law. So you just kept getting smaller and smaller. There's other innovation. Well, yeah, every but, six months, it's smaller but, and smaller and faster. But this is different. It's now. I think it's dawning on us collectively, analysts or individuals, that we're entering something different. It even makes you question the role of humanity down the road, but that's probably going too far. Well, you use the pilot analogy, Wolf. Uh, they land the airplane uh, all on autopilot, but they still have humans piloting the plane, right? So how far can AI actually take us? 
Well, that, that's interesting what you said yeah. because because the, the the computer's ninety ninety nine percent today that the hands won. Yeah, and you're, the, you're, the question you're asking, I know the answer is going to be opposite. Probably. And then I was going to say, and how much how much disruption will happen specifically uh, in which industries? Oh, uh, Jack's right, yeah, and, yeah. and, and I and I think I, I think that whenever you're going to have a safety element to it, right? I mean, this this is now us getting into an aircraft, an aluminum tube. 38,000 feet into the air. 800,000 pounds. 800,000 pounds <laughs> traveling 930 kilometers yes, an hour. Yes, that's incredible. I don't care if this AI can, you know, do everything. Name it. I'm not getting on a plane without a human being. And that's whatever it may be, primitive programming of my brain, but that's just how it is. But aut- autonomous driving is coming. It's going to be with us next year, a big transport truck. Well, and then, it's not an airplane, but it's still a, a fast-moving vehicle. It's not an airplane, but I think, I think there is going to be a lot of regulation for that very reason, because anytime safety is involved, anytime trust is involved, which means the banking sector is also going to have to deal with this, I think AI can only go so far, because you're going to have that trust, inevitably that safety record, broken by technology, and it is going to be a big, big issue. And so, I, I think some of these some of these industries are going to use AI as a, you know Microsoft calls it a co-pilot tool. Absolutely, but it can only go so you far. You become more productive, you become more efficient, but it's still That's the big unlock. humanity. I can say driving the bus. And even if you look at ChatGPT, if you write an article, yep. uh, if you want to create like a creative article, humans do it better, but then the AI can improve it. And and even right. the other way around, uh, as an ideation tool. How often do you guys sit in front of an empty page and think, you know, I'm screening for stocks, I'm thinking about ideas. I do all the time, sometimes I have a a blank mind, nothing's coming to mind. But you can use these tools to get you started and they'll get better and better, but it's still going to be you. That's the genius of it. Yeah, Yeah, at least for a few years. And then I'm going to say fact-checking it too. But that, that gets into another whole realm of AI. We'll just have another have AI check out the fact-check this AI. Let me take this in another direction in the interest of time. How, Vitaly, do you believe the average Canadian who's building for their retirement and goes to work every day. So we're supposed to, friends. You're supposed to work, save, invest, and do that for about 25 years. Just repeat over and over again every month. I promise you, you'll be very happy. 25 years every month. Work, save, invest. Don't stop. Continue, continue, continue. 25 years. Then you give me a call. We'll talk. Call me anytime, by the way. WolfgangKlein.com. So, so over to you, Vitaly. Yeah, I think you're sitting here and a new period of technology. Anybody that's been out there 20, 25 years in the workforce or in life looks back and says, technology didn't look like it does today in 1980, (laughs) 1990, 2000, 2010. Probably can't pick the winners. But what I can tell you about AI is this is a huge productivity boost to the companies that we are all investing in. And what is a productivity boost? Let's translate that into regular terms we'll understand. Well, it's higher margins. It's more profitability. Is that good or bad for stock prices? There's other things going on, but that factor is good for stock prices in the long run, if I'm right. Best way to invest in the, in, in the space? It's uh, Right now, it's, uh, it's uh, gold brush and the shovels are coming from the semi-space. And so there are a lot of opportunities, uh, we think, in semiconductors. But uh, it'll, it'll expand as the applications and the use cases get built on top of it. And all the FANG stocks you get directed, Google, Microsoft, uh, Meta, you're getting exposure directly or indirectly. They're, that they're way the as companies well. that have the resources to go out, uh, the cash flow to invest. I have in to say AI. this: you're absolutely right, and, and you you are completely right because we always worry about these companies getting disrupted. With what what you need to do with AI, the thirty billion dollar capex budgets, the engineers that you need, they just solidified their business for another 10, 20, 30 years. Their competitive moat just got bigger because of AI. Right. And They're I, that much, much more valuable. How much money has Microsoft spent on AI? 
how do you catch up with that spend? It, 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 tens of billions of dollars they've already invested. And look, in never say never, but our business is to think of probabilities. And I think the probability of disruption to a Microsoft from an outside competitor has fallen somewhat because of AI. There's, yeah. yeah what, what's your what's your line for Microsoft? Who are they? They are the big. Microsoft is the well. I call them the actually the rails of the of the digital economy. Sharky, sharky. They're the shark. You don't the want to be shark. swimming in the water them. with them. Oh, they are the no, shark. Yes, they, they eat you. Like and that's that. why we're so careful about every investment around Microsoft. It's uh, you could be eaten by a shark. You need to be careful. No, it's, yeah. that, that's very very wise. Uh, Vitaly, I'm only friends with the shark. Vitaly Mazanov, uh, president, direct, vice president, and director at TD Asset Management. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, my friend. Uh, thank honestly, you. A real, thank you. A real it's pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get uh, Katie Lester-Pell. Actually, uh, hang around if you can. We're going to do a phone-in with Katie Lester-Pell. She is our uh, mining analyst, if you can. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, electrification through nuclearification, uh, Cameco specifically. Uh, quick break. Get right back to IFA Radio, 640 Toronto. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And I just saw them. Uh, UB40 should change their name to UB45, as they have been performing for 45 years. Um, I was blessed as well. I saw them in Royal Albert Hall. Uh, Royal Albert Hall is a spectacular live venue designed by an Italian architect. It looks like a mini coliseum. It is round. Uh, it was commissioned to be built by Queen Victoria, who deeply loved her husband, I guess, Prince Albert. And uh, she put up a big monument for Prince Albert, a statue of him, and he's looking at Royal Albert Hall. Muhammad Ali fought in Royal Albert Hall a couple of times. The Who played there, Led Zeppelin played there. Well, and so did UB40. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of fun, my good friends. Um, Electrification is upon us. Uh, Katie LaChapelle, she's an analyst with Canaccord, and she covers the uranium space. Thank you, Katie, for spending some time with us. And uh, Vitaly Masanov from TD uh, remains in the studio with us. He's got uh, broad eyes on broad aspects of the market, so I figured I'd have him hang with Katie at the same time. Uh, Katie, tell us, uh, uranium had a little pop. Uh, it woke up. Um, onshoring is sort of the story. Give us the details. Why has uranium woken up? And, uh, you know, we're just talking about semiconductors and driverless everything, uh, along with more fuel-efficient airplanes, by the way. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, electrification is upon us as well. So it's all coming together in full circle. Uh, please give us your uh, 45 cents worth. Uh. Yeah, thanks, guys. And thanks for having me back on the show. Um, in terms of uranium, I would say it's it's been a couple year move. When I first started covering the space back in 2019, from a fundamental perspective, demand for uranium was was looking to increase. And that was really driven by global decarbonization, energy security, I think what we've seen over the course of the last 12 to 18 months is that become ever more important. So while we were already seeing a number of nuclear power, new build announcements for decarbonization, what we've seen more recently um, is a push where 
nuclear is being used as a means of energy security. And I think that's becoming even more important post-Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And we can dive into even more detail on that. But what makes that particularly interesting about the global uranium market is Russia is a large portion um, of the uranium market. So there's definitely some implications throughout the entire fuel cycle uh, to how their impacts um, will impact the procurement of uranium and other parts of the fuel cycle going forward. So, so just recently, I think the U.S. government proposed, I guess, to restrict some Russian supply. Is that moving forward? And is that, I guess, a secular tailwind uh, for friendlier jurisdictions such as Canada and chemical in particular? Yes. Well, on May 31st, we saw the U.S. Senate um, Environment and Public Works. They started to pass the Advanced Act. So, so what that is proposing is an explicit ban on the ownership of enriched uranium that's controlled by Russia or China. And it is really a response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, what's important to understand and for everyone listening is Russia, when you look at the nuclear fuel cycle, they supply about 15% of uranium supply in the form of concentrate from their mines and some joint ventures they have in Kazakhstan, but where there are really important players on the downstream services. So to be able to actually use uranium in a reactor, um, you need to convert it and you need to enrich it and fabricate it. Russia has about 30% of the global conversion market and they have about 40% of the global enrichment capa uh, capacity. So what you're seeing right now is the West potentially look to sanction Russian uranium. But if that was to occur, there's actually not enough conversion and enrichment capacity in the West to make up for that lost service. Um, so this is important right now in the market because what you're actually seeing is a number of utilities, Western utilities in the U.S. and in Europe, even in the absence of sanctions, push forward and self-sanction um, this material. Then at the same time, you have, as you alluded to, the government in particular in the U.S. proposing a potential sanction on this material going forward. And I, and I do truly think that is something that's going to materialize um, over the course of the next few months and should be a, a pretty big tailwind for the sector. What do you think of that, Vitaly? Yeah, it's an interesting setup. It's, it reminds me of uh, the semiconductor space where we're having... Uh, Taiwan effectively control the entire supply of global chips that are used to do everything we talked about and hope for with AI and driving cars and the big geopolitical conflict in the middle that's making people question what the future is. So I see parallels there. What about oil consumption, uh, both Katie and Vitaly? Uh, you go into an economic slowdown, oil at the margin should recede at a consumption basis. But as far as I can see, and I haven't looked closely lately, the world's consuming about 100 million barrel of oil per day. Uh, and my guess is next year will be 101 and 100. When is that going to turn? Because you're supposed to be picking up the slack, Katie, with your uh, yellow cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're trying. I'm not going to comment on, on the oil market. I think it's going to continue to be a part of the market and, and hopefully dwindle over time. But yeah, I, I don't just think speaking it. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just uh, cutting off, but I, uh, I don't see a credible scenario for oil demand to decline before 28, 29. I mean, we've got a number of years for oil, yep. oil demand growth to grow. And the thing is, in the developed world, yeah, we're getting really good at growing our GDP per barrel of oil. We're doing all the right things. But the majority of people live in very different conditions and they have a long way to go to catch up. And they want all the same things that you have, Wolfgang. With and cheap energy. Oil is with, cheap energy. It's cheap energy. And we're not going to go and uh, uh, no, electrify no, Katie, Africa Katie, tomorrow. Katie <laughs> LeChapelle, our, our, our chemical or our, our uranium analyst, she's now able to, with her little car, tow around these mobile nuclear units and pop them up somewhere, apparently. Small but, modular reactors. Yeah. But what, what, what I would Sorry. say, in a recession, in an economy that's slowing down, it is 
the marginal buyer that sets the price. Yep. So that's why typically in a slowdown, like if we get into a recession, uh, I would expect oil to be at least, I don't know where it's at right now. But 75? Now, yeah, it's 60. It would have a yeah, 60 yeah. handle on it. Long term, we're going to be using more oil for longer than people think. And there's supply issues out there. There are, but uh, deep recession for another show. Hi-Fi Radio, all over for the day, but uh, hey, it's good to be back. Got that first hole under my belt. Oh, I'll be a little better next week, I promise you. Unless I'm going to bail and go Just back to you. Just keep it on the fairway, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you enough for spending an hour with us, my good friends. Please, any questions about money? So Jack and I do all day long, and we love it. We're good at it, and we really enjoy what we do. I think that's why we're good at it, because we enjoy it. And I get to hang out with such smart men like Vitaly and uh, Katie LaChapelle, our uranium analyst. It's a real delight to uh, you know uh, hear what uh, what's going on in a very small but very important uh, sector. So I thank you for your time. Once again, friends at home, any questions, WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Promise we'll get back to you. No question too big, no question too small. We answer them all. Please, may you be wealthy, wise, and generous. Have a great weekend.